0: If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizers Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking the 12-week health course Bio Optimizer's offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, Bio-Optimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity how to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings, how to select the most powerful supplements for you, how to stay lean and trim without sacrifice, the simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin, and much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you analyze your worst case scenario. I'll also be interviewing Andy Malinsky, who reviews his latest book, Reach, which gives you practical tools and techniques to help you step outside of your comfort zone to help you reach your ultimate success. For more information about Andy, please visit andymalinsky.com. You may purchase his book, Reach, on Amazon or jamesmillerlifeology.com. way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Goldfish range in size from just a few centimeters to over a foot and a half long. The most influential factor in how big they grow isn't diet or age, but the size of their environment. If they're brought up in a small fish tank, they remain small. If they spend their lives in a large aquarium or perhaps a garden pond, they have the capacity to grow much bigger. Are you any different? If you live in a small world, letting your worst-case scenario fear stop you from growing and developing, or are intimidated to step out of your comfort zone and stretch yourself, you stunt your own growth. You'll end up with a small life with unimaginable goals, narrow-minded perspectives, negative attitudes, and small, if any, positive impact. The advantage that you have over Goldfish is that you get to choose the environment in which you live. Challenge your fears and become the person you were meant to be. Analyzing your worst-case scenario. Anytime we want to make a change, Often we have fear and anxiety that plague us. One of the things I typically do to help my clients is I really challenge their belief system. Often we perceive this worst case scenario fear and think it's going to happen and it automatically stops us from trying something. In psychology, we talk about how our belief system, in other words, our thoughts, determine what our emotions are. Our emotions then determine what our body does. Let's think of this in a practical way. When you're trying to make a change, if you all of a sudden have this belief system that your worst case scenario is going to happen, those thoughts become your belief. Your belief then causes this fear and anxiety and worry, which then changes your emotions. And then those emotions cause you to be reactive. So if you're fearful of something, well, you're not going to try it. You're going to run away from it, or you're going to become paralyzed and not do anything at all. So it's so important for us to really look at what is our worst case scenario fear. When you can look at the worst case versus a realistic outcome, it helps you separate between what is fantastical. Or in other words, what is worrisome or what is anxiety driven, it helps you look at what the real outcome probably would be like. Another thing to ask yourself is, has this worst case scenario ever happened before? Or have any of my worst case scenario fears ever happened before? More than likely, they have not. So if we can use that past data to forecast our future, it's probably going to be the realistic outcome instead of your worst case scenario fear. The reason why I have this small little lesson is I want it to really supplement my guests, Andy Malinsky, and his discussion about reaching outside of your comfort zone. But it's important as he and I discuss this for you to think about your worst case scenario fears and how maybe historically they've stopped you from getting outside of your comfort zone. Today, really think about that and ask yourself, what's the likelihood that this worst case scenario fear is going to come to pass? And the more often you can challenge that thought, the more likely you'll step outside of your comfort zone and reach your highest potential. Andy Molinsky is a professor of business and psychology at Brandeis University's International Business School and an award-winning author of two books, Global Dexterity, and his new book, Reach, with Penguin Random House, about stepping outside your comfort zone. Why it's so hard, how we avoid doing it, and how we can be more successful. Welcome to my show, Andy. It's such a pleasure.
1: Thanks Yes, it's always me. good to
0: talk shop with another person in psychology, so this is going to be very fun for me. Definitely going to get into the heart and meat of your book, Reach, and really help people make some of these changes in their life.
1: Sounds great. Let's do it.
0: Wonderful. How did you actually get into the concept of writing or what drew you to writing itself?
1: Uh, writing itself? Gosh, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I, I was trained originally as an academic. I still am an academic. So I'm a professor at a business school and in a psychology department at yeah, Brandeis University. But so I've done a lot. I had done a lot of academic writing, you know, uh-huh. for academic journals and so on. But, you know, after a while, I, I realized I, I still do that but I, I realized that it wasn't so inspiring to only have, you know, 43 other academics around the world read <laughs> <and> done. Sure.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> I understand that.
1: You know, it, so, so I, I, I always wanted to make a bigger difference. And mm-hmm. so I started writing. I wrote my first book, Global Dexterity, which is about acting outside your cultural comfort zone. I started writing for Harvard Business Review. And. Um, Inc. Magazine and Psychology Today and so on. And I, I discovered that I actually really like writing for a general audience. And so that's, that's kind of carried forward. And I wrote my, um, my most recent book, Reach. It just came out uh, earlier this year. And yeah, I love writing uh, for a general audience.
0: That is awesome. Do you typically find like with your first book, Global Dexterity, did you find that you were going through those own things in life? And so you thought, you know, what, this as I'm learning this myself, I definitely think this is a wonderful subject for the world itself.
1: Yeah. So, so yes. Um, in part, uh, I've, so for my first book, I lived in Spain. Um, I, uh, actually studied in Spain in college and I also lived abroad in France. I worked in France and I also during my P so my PhD dissertation, my doctoral work was about The challenges that Russian professionals in the United States had when they were trying to interview for jobs and network and the whole process of networking and looking for jobs in Russia was so different. They had had to learn to make small talk, to look uh, an employer in the eyes, to toot their own horn, to all these sort of like these these behaviors that are just sort of common sense to Americans Mm -hmm. so uncomfortably culturally. And so that inspired me to look at the idea that um, being effective across cultures isn't just understanding cultural differences, that's part of it, but it's the ability to step outside your cultural comfort zone. And so for years, I I was interested in this topic and I wrote a lot of academic stuff on it. I taught and I trained and I coached people as they tried to step outside their comfort zones. Uh And And then, of course, as I said, I was in France and Spain myself. So I think the combination of all those things inspired me to write the original book, Global Dexterity.
0: Wow, and it's so interesting that you would say that regarding the, uh, just the dissertation itself and, like you said, things that we would necessarily take for granted on our, on our own over here. Yeah, exactly. So just switch yeah, so switching gears here because I, I definitely want to talk about your book, Reach. I think that's something, uh, when I was actually reading the reviews on it and just reading so much about it, it's such a prevalent topic. Why don't you give my listeners a little bit of the synopsis of it, and we're definitely going to jump into some of the, the key elements there that I would really like for us to discuss as well.
1: Sure. So this book too, by the way, is is about my own experience. I mean, the, the whole book's not about my own experience, sure. but it was inspired by my experiences. Mm. So the, the feedback I got about global dexterity was, hey, this is really cool, and you know what? The idea of acting outside your comfort zone isn't just something that happens across cultures, it happens in our everyday lives. People would write into me, you know, like engineers, I remember wrote into me saying, you know what? I struggle making sales. Uh, people would say, I struggle making small talk, I struggle networking, I can't public speak, I, I wanna be more assertive, but it's just not in my nature, and I started to see this time and time again. And then I reflected on my own experiences and I have struggled with all these things over my career and so that all inspired me to write the book Reach and so Reach is a book about um why it's so hard to act outside our comfort zones I mean we I know we know it's hard but why specifically is sure. it hard Uh, How do we avoid doing it? And then, what can you do to be more successful? And that, and so this is a book, by the way, where it's not, you know, the 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 how to be more successful part. In other words, the practical part is not Uh like a, it's not a throwaway at the end. It's like the meat of the book.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay, so the first part of it's just a synop or the premise of it is essentially helping people recognize what their comfort zone is, how they can step outside of, it. and then you give specific tools and techniques to really help them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Why do you think most people struggle with that overall?
1: So what I so so I should tell you I also did I as as is my nature I'm a researcher I, I did a lot of research for this book so I spoke with managers I spoke with executives doctors police officers actors students priests rabbis even a goat farmer which is sort of a oh my funny, goodness <laughs> funny funny backstory on that but I if we have time I could tell you about that but basically. And I looked at all sorts of situations like we talked about, like people who were afraid to network, to public speak, to be more assertive than they're used to, to deliver bad news and so on. I found that the, the challenges, the sort of why is it hard question, mm-hmm. boils down to five different things um, in, in, across all these, all, all these cases. Um, the, the first is authenticity. The mm-hmm. idea that, you know, Matt, you're stepping outside your comfort zone. This is not me. You know, I feel like an imposter doing this. I just don't feel like myself. That's one challenge. Another challenge. Second challenge, likability. The worry that that people will sort of the anticipated worry that people will hate this version of me. You know, if I act, <laughs> you know, if I act more assertively than than I'm comfortable with or that I'm used to, people will hate me. People yeah. think I'm a jerk. You know, that, that's real. That's what people feel. And
0: I do think that that's also when you look at it from the different standpoints as far as like right now, I'm a radio host. When I'm with my friends, I'm a friend. And so when people don't understand how to really morph into the different role that we're playing, sometimes they often think that people are going to think of them as a friend instead of the radio host, or they think of it in a different way where they don't realize they have to be more assertive and more commanding in a different role they play and not really having that confidence to really be as consistent as how they should be when they do this new role their new venture that they're in.
1: Absolutely. And these roles aren't necessarily in their current repertoire, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're adding to their repertoire or trying to. And so they worry they won't be authentic. They worry they won't be likable. They worry they won't be competent, like they'll be bad at yeah. it. And by the way, not only there's a private and a public side of that, not only do they feel sort of privately that they're bad at it, but they, they, they know or they sense that other people
0: can see that they're mm-hmm. bad at it. That's it so, that's being false or duplicitous of some sort. Yes, it can definitely ring true.
1: Yeah, and so it's like, and, and then there's a couple more too. There's, there's resentment. Some people are actually resentful that they have to adapt. And step outside their comfort zones. I've spoken with a lot of um, uh, introverts uh, f- f- for this book who who get who get very frustrated that the sort of the working world in the United States at least is so geared towards extroversion. And you know that that introverts will tell me you know it frustrates them to, to no end that 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 it's not always just the quality of their work or their thinking that matters and that enables them to get that you know plum promotion or that opportunity. But it's their ability to chit chat with a boss or make mm, you know make, small, make talk. small talk or. Or whatever, and, 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 which is really hard for them. And so that, that really frustrates them. So that's resentment. So the point is, is that there's, there's, there's a series of different um, sort of pain points or psychological roadblocks that I talk about, authenticity, likability, competence, resentment, and so on. And the, this is what holds people back.
0: Well, for those, because uh, that, that makes so much sense on so many different levels. But when people conceptualize what their comfort zone is, how is a comfort zone actually created?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting I think I think that we all have different comfort zones, right? Uh-huh. From our sort of personality, our life experiences, what we've been exposed to and so on and so forth. And so I think it differs, you know, for different people. Some people have very narrow comfort zones. Um like I th- <laughs> I think I talk about I, I I know, I talk about Larry David, you know, from uh-huh, Kirby. sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. He,
1: he he actually had a great interview on NPR where he was talking about um the challenges that he faced in um, in doing um, in doing scripted drama he was on broadway versus sort of like his more unscripted uh style on curb your enthusiasm and Mm -hmm. he said something like you know my comfort zone is minuscule it's like you know Mm. like like and so other people have broader comfort zones and so on and so forth and it depends on parts of your life too you know maybe at work maybe at home it differs and so on and so the point is though is that to grow or to you know, learn or, um, to achieve certain things that you're, you're aiming to achieve in life or at work. Um, oftentimes you do need to step outside your comfort zone. Um, uh, you know, professionally, I know for myself, uh, to, to, to become an author, uh, to become what they call a thought leader. I've had to step outside my comfort zone, speaking in public and doing social media and tooting my own horn and so Mm -hmm. on you know that that's that's been that's been challenging for me and and then personally um you know I, I think like there there are all sorts of things that have been outside my comfort zone personally one i think if i sort of rewind was having kids you know that
0: that, <laughs> that, that is that totally different big yes
1: <laughs> time. and that's know. not
0: something you can walk away from like oh it's like a job i don't like the job so i'm leaving <laughs> uh, no it does not work that way
1: <laughs> no it's true and you know i, I remember you know, it was it was very much outside my comfort zone. My kids now are older, um, you know, and they bring me tremendous pleasure and sure. pride. But but back then, it was you know, it was very much outside my comfort zone. So my point is that you know, you can stay right in your comfort zone. And in some cases, it's actually probably a good thing. You know, at it, certain points in your life, to stay inside your comfort zone. But but it, but it, but to grow, to learn, at certain mm-hmm. sort of transitional points in your life. It's just going to happen. And so that's why this is so key.
0: Yes, it definitely is. And so when people can recognize that, all right, this is, uh, I'm feeling a certain way. I mean, obviously our body is going to tell us that we're feeling uncomfortable. I mean, there's many different ways it plays out in our emotions and in the way our actual physical, physiological part of our body and the behaviors of that. When people can identify, all right, I'm really struggling with this. We know we know the reasons now, as far as what you said earlier with those five points of avoidance. When, how do they then bridge that? I know you have three way or three key elements that really help people identify their behavior and then allow them to accomplish what they're trying to do.
1: Yeah, so this is what I this is what I found it all boiled down to from all the people I interviewed um, and from my own experiences, and then also I. I, I, I have created an MBA class in the business school where students have to choose a situation outside their comfort zone. Oh, my goodness. And, on it. and so I get to see that firsthand. So, you know, from all these sources, I felt it all really boiled down to three things. So the first is conviction, uh, having that deep sense of purpose. Um, you know, it's almost like giving yourself psychological permission in a way to, like, do something that just runs against the grain of mm. Of, of everything that, that you'd want to do. Um, you know, and, and for some people, that source of conviction is professional. Uh, for a lot of people I meet, you know, like, for instance, I've always wanted to be a leader. I've always wanted to be a business owner. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And if I have to do X, Y, or Z to do that, I'm going to sort of hold on to that ambition that I have. And that's going to push me through. Uh, for other people, it's personal. And, and I mean,
0: so it's, that, so it's that drive, it's that buy-in, it's that belief system that says, this is, this is right for me. Uh, I don't know how it's going to happen, but this is right for me, so I'm going to do it regardless.
1: Absolutely. And, and as I was going to say, it's like, it could be personal too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mentioned my kids before, for me, oftentimes, if I'm trying to coax them outside their comfort zones, which I think is important as a parent, sure. I, I, look at, I look at myself in the mirror and I say, whoa, you know, am I avoiding things when I'm telling my kids to approach them? You know, so, so that ends up being a super strong source of conviction for me, whatever it is for you, you know, find it, embrace it, use it. That's the bottom line with conviction.
0: Wow. Wow, that's, that's really true because obviously it will be the foundational piece because when you do start to lose that endurance, when you do start to second guess yourself, you can go back to the reason why you did it and then you can re-buy into that concept again, which then helps you move forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a nice way of putting it. And, it's, and, it, and, and everyone has something, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it has to be true and it, and it will be true if you really you know, think about it.
0: Yeah. And then you have to have that clarity as well.
1: Right. Clarity would be a second thing. Uh, And and clarity is interesting. You know, I I found a lot of people, including myself, when they do approach situations that they're afraid of, their emotions often get the best of them. The image I always have in my head when we think clarity is a boat is a boat at sea in a storm. And you've got the boat being rocked back and forth. And that's almost like the analogy of your emotions, rocking your perspective back and forth between sort of like the absolute worst case doomsday scenario. So if you're afraid of public speaking, you know, like, 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 and you're considering stepping outside your comfort zone, you're saying to yourself, I'm going to be a total fool. I'm going to make a fool out of myself. Mm. I might even faint on stage. I'm never going to do this. Right. It's sort of like catastrophizing. Yeah, I was way. gonna say that. Yeah. So yeah, catastrophizing. Oh, 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 but and some people also go to the opposite extreme, where that which is equally unhelpful, where they say, you know what, the only way I'm willing to do this is if I'm immediately the best TED talker you've ever heard.
0: Oh gosh, yeah. You know,
1: so clarity. I found that people who are most successful were able to sort of have that anchor in the ocean, find that sort of psychological middle ground where 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 they can recognize. in this example for example that you know you know what i probably won't be the best ted talker and i probably also won't faint
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's something there in the middle that definitely goes back to when you can review your worst case scenario and say what's probably more you know more likely to happen into that whole cognitive behavioral therapy approach as far as let's really let's be realistic about this and not so uh, catastrophic
1: Exactly. So exactly, and that's that's really important. I think people uh, in these types of situations really need that sense of clarity to move forward. So so you got conviction, you got clarity. The third is customization, and I have to say this is probably the most kind of surprising slash exciting piece of this of this framework. It, it's The the way I like to describe customization is almost like a tailor. Uh, you buy a pair of pants, you buy a suit, you buy a dress, whatever it is. You probably can't wear it right off the rack. You probably need to tweak mm-hmm. it here, here or there in little ways. And you can do the same, again, it's an analogy, you can do the same with your behavior. There are ways that you can customize your experience, whether it's body language or a prop. Some people bring a prop, mm-hmm. and I, I can give you some examples. Staging the context, uh, timing, even your actual literal language language um there there are many ways you have more power than you think than than you think to take a situation that might even feel outside your outside your comfort zone for sure and maybe maybe out of control in uh, In really gain some control by customizing it so i
0: I really like that because it does help you feel like you 're not so alone. If I know that okay, well, if I have to give a huge talk well it 's okay to maybe have cue cards it may be okay to have a teleprompter or to maybe okay to you know if i 'm getting overwhelmed to pick up my, my bottle of water and have a drink. those types of things give you the leeway to say it 's not so confined, and it is okay. it allows that person to recognize that it doesn 't have to always be them or they have to be on a hundred percent because once again that 's just exhausting.
1: Or I, I'm on the exact same wavelength as you. Or 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 that they, you know, that there's no one single way. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people make mistakes and they watch other people. And they and, and they sort of try to emulate them, but you're watching their highlight reels without sort of understanding <laughs> sure. what's what's behind the scenes in a way. Sure. Um, I'll tell you a funny story. You just mentioned you mentioned public speaking. Um, I guess we've been talking about that a little bit. Um, I got a funny email, a real cool email actually, from a reader of my book Reach, uh, and he said he, when he re, when he read this this portion of the book, he said he he said he felt compelled to email me. He said that he did this exact thing uh, in terms of customization. He said earlier in his career he's a banker. Um, he used to have to give talks and he was terrified of giving talks, public talks, but he would fly one of his best friends. Now, I guess as a banker, you can do this. But <laughs> he would fly one of his best friends from New York to Boston, which is about an hour flight, uh, to come and sit eighth row center and be sort of that smiling. Oh, neat, Yeah. So he like literally anchors it, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, if you have the means to do that, by all means, yes. Andy, if you need someone to be there for you, then I will allow you to fly me out to your next <laughs> to your next there speaking you engagement. But, but
1: let me let me just say one quick other one. This is this sure. one is much cheaper. And this is, this is someone else actually who sent me another email after reading the book. I thought this was super cool. She is afraid of, um, of making small talk. She was mm-hmm. very shy and had a hard time in social gatherings. She had this epiphany that she could bring a selfie stick to get oh. together. And it was, again, it's like a prop. It's customizing mm-hmm. the situation. She said it was a perfect catalyst for her. People came over, asked her what it was. She'd, she'd then be in the role of being able to explain uh, it. They that would makes use sense. it, they'd take pictures. They would, you know, she, it was a way of exchanging emails it's and so buffer. on. It's a
0: buffer, yes, I like that.
1: Yeah, so super cool.
0: Wow, that's really cool. That's really clever of her. I mean, that's that's really neat that she was able to come up with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but but I guess the point here is that is that you can customize your situation. And so I talk a lot about that in the book.
0: And and I think that once again, that that's so helpful because it, because if people are too regimented or people are, um, think that there's only one way to do it, then to try and fit one person into that peg, it, it definitely isn't, isn't going to work. I mean, there's so many things about this book that I think are going to be so relevant for when my listeners purchase it, you know, just kind of recap it itself, you know, just the recognition of why do I avoid these things? What, what's going on with me? These these tendencies that I have—the authenticity, the competence, the resentment, the likability, the morality—all of those things. Uh, once you really have that foundational understanding of what that is, it's so powerful because then you say, "Okay, this is my this is my blind spot." this is why I don't want to do it, but now I have to do it, or it's important for me to do it, or I need to do that. And that just, like you said, the three, the three C's, if you will, the clarity, conviction, and customization is so helpful and so powerful for people to be able to say, all right, I don't maybe know what I'm doing, <laughs> but I'm going to figure it out. But I really believe in this, and so this is why I'm doing it. So I'm really looking forward to getting the feedback myself from my listeners when they do purchase this book, because I do think it is going to really help them grow and develop in a way that they haven't been able to for, for quite a while.
1: Great. And, and and you know what? I love to hear from people. So please, you know, if, if, you, if you read the book, please reach out to me. Maybe you'll be one of these stories that I get to tell again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Andy Walisky, if my listeners want to find out more information about you and about this amazing book and also your other book, Global Dexterity, where would they find this information online?
1: Well, I think probably the best place is my website, um, which is not surprisingly www.andymolinsky.com. It's uh, my name is spelled A-N-D-Y M-O-L-I-N-S-K-Y. But don't worry if you spell the last name wrong. I actually this is sort of funny. I had to I had to buy the domains, names or whatever you call them of the uh-huh. two, two most common misspellings of my name because oh, goodness. <laughs> so it's so commonly misspelled anyway. So that's that's the best place I've got. I'm a, um, I write for Harvard Business Review, Psychology Today, Inc.com. Those are all up there. Free resources. I've got videos. I've got quizzes. I've got all sorts of stuff there, plus links to all my social media. I'm, on, I'm pretty active on Twitter and LinkedIn and, and, and I have a uh, author Facebook site. So, yes, I love to hear from people and connect to people. So please, please, you know, find me, reach me. and And, and if you buy the book, let me know what you think.
0: Awesome. So Andy, what I'm also going to do is I'm also going to put your book Reach on my storefront, jamesmillerlifeology.com. So if my listeners aren't able to find the book any other place, they can simply go to my website. Once again, that's jamesmillerlifeology.com and they can purchase the book there. Andy, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to talk with you and having you share all your wonderful wisdom with us.
1: Thank you. This is really fun.